Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, we're back. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. We did. I want to pull the listenership, and I want you guys to tell me whether or not we should get rid of that intro, because frankly, I'm thinking we should. So let me know. I know it's a minor point, but yeah, do you think we should get rid of it and just have it so that when the show starts, hey, it's Tim and Julie, and we're live. Um, if some of you think of it, please uh, text me and let me know what you think, 512-758-0206. And also, um, I want to thank all of you. I like to thank all of you because all of you need to be thanked often because you need to know that we recognize and appreciate all that you're doing to support Julie and I's effort to bring sanity back to real estate. And, uh, yeah, our book, Harris Rules, continues to be a fantastic new release on Amazon. And I certainly appreciate all of the wonderful uh, feedback we're getting on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you know, a lot of you guys are posting pictures with the book and you're posting, you know, so all that good stuff. So I'm going to um, do this. I would like to uh, – just I know thousands of you literally are receiving your book from Amazon uh, and have been for the last week or so since the book got released. So here's what I'd like to do. We have, I think, maybe 50 or 75 really cool uh, hats, and these hats were – um, for our store, we have an online store called Harris Rules Store. But I'm gonna, and these hats literally cost us. I know you guys are gonna. This sounds silly, but they cost us ten dollars, which is a lot for a cap. So these aren't just garbage hats. You know, everything the embroidery is really nice. It's it's literally the nicest hat I've ever seen. <laughs> That's. I mean, we went through a whole bunch of different samples before we decided on these, and they were huge bucks. I mean, most hats you buy in a store are like gonna cost the person uh, who made it probably a dollar or less. But these were ten bucks. So here's what I'd like to do. I think we have 50 or 75 left. I would like to give those away. And here's what you have to do to get one. You just have to take a picture or a little video, and you have to post it on Instagram or post it on Facebook with you with a book. That's all I ask. Now, in in addition to that, please post a five-star review. You know you want to give us a five-star review on Amazon for the book. So go back to Amazon where you purchased the book and give us a five-star review. Actually, I'm going to do a slight modification. If you do the the book uh, image with you in the book or you uh, you know doing a little short videotape and you post it on Amazon, you get the hat. If you do the uh, same thing on Instagram or Facebook, you get the hat. So anything you can do to help us promote the book, basically, we're going to justly award, reward you. And after you've done it, just email, and I'll give you the email address now, just email Tom at, it's T-O-M, at TimAndJulieHarris.com, and he's going to um, help us get all those mailed out to all of you. But I know it's not for everyone, but those of you who do like to do some social stuff, this is something fun for you to do uh, to show your appreciation for the book, and in exchange we'll send you something um, from our archives. These hats are fantastic. I have one in camo. I have one in black. They're great. And uh, when Julie and I are out and about, we wear them. You know, so definitely grab one of these hats. They're free. All you've got to do is one of those two things. So I think that's pretty straightforward and simple. So we're going to be picking up where we left off um, So what would it be two shows ago. And this podcast is kind of a personal um, podcast for Julie and I. And Julie, by the way, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you, and I will attest to your pickiness on the hats because 
you did send back several prototypes until they got it right. So, yeah, go ahead and do the, uh, yeah. the homework assignment there, guys. Have fun with it. Yeah, well, exactly. So this podcast is Tim and Julie Harris's biggest personal big, uh, business regrets, and this is part two. Um, and Julie and I worked on this list. I worked on I, I created uh, initially, and then she and I went through and worked on it together. And it's interesting when you do podcasts like this because, or when you do have thoughts like this, when you think to yourself, well, what really is a regret? You know, it's like, okay, maybe that was a mistake, but this is what I learned from it. And that's what that, you know, particular learning experience saved me from maybe, you know, six minutes or six years later, you guys get the idea. So it's really difficult to sort of decide what is or isn't a, a regret. But the way we came up with this list is we were trying to write it in the sense that, well, yes, even though some of these mistakes we made were learning experiences for the future, or maybe it helped us to help one of you on a coaching call or something like that. Uh, but we set that aside and we said, well, what would be the things, what would be a list of the things that we wish we would have known when we were you know, in our formidable years and that would have saved us having to make that mistake in the first place? Because as you have heard us say on this podcast before, uh, a brilliant, I see a smart man learns from his mistakes or a woman, and a brilliant man or woman learns from the mistakes of others. And so today's podcast is our attempt to help save you guys a little bit of the learning curve that we experienced in our own uh, business. And, and really, when you're working for yourself, I, you know, I, I always try to separate business and personal life when I'm when Julie and I are on the podcast or when we're presenting. But the reality of it is, is when you're a small business owner, which all of us are, you know, a small business owner is defined by, you know, in other words, not to be a small business owner, you're going to have to have like 500 employees and like 100 million a year in revenue. So pretty much every business in the United States, by definition, is a small business. But when you're a small business owner, you're always having the antivirus software of problem. You know, your mind is always searching for problems to solve. It de it never goes away. No matter how good your systems are, your people are, your mind is designed to always look for problems because that's where that's your that's your value as a business owner is looking to the places where other people aren't that work for you. And not everyone has the ability to look maybe three or four moves ahead. But you as a small business owner better be able to think at least one or two moves ahead. Otherwise, you're going to be constantly uh, in, in catch-up mode. So yeah, I get it. So this is our biggest uh, personal business regrets, but also a lot of this, like I said, it is the same. So the business mistake also translated into maybe causing some personal hardship too. So just keep these things in mind as we go through this list. Julie, anybody you'd like to acknowledge or anything you'd like to announce or give um, you know, gratitude towards yourself? Well, of course, a special shout-out to all of our coaching clients who are hard at work. We're having the half-year look back, what have you done really well? What do you wish mm. you would have done better in the first six months? Because it's not too late to turn that ship around. Or, in most of their cases, to be honest, and I think you'll attest to this as well, to keep the momentum going without hitting burnout because some of these guys are closing more than they ever have before. They've got more listings than they've ever had before. And some of them are going through changing markets and doing price reductions like never before and some new conversations for some of these guys. So I guess my shout out would be to all of those listeners and coaching clients who are hard at work, taking really great care of their clients, doing what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it often, but doing it at a really high level. I, I guess a, a collective, we're proud of you guys. Shout out. I'll, I'm going to suggest this, to too. This is the time of, yeah, this is the time of year where you're going to experience a lot of sort of feeling like you're – it's a tug of war emotionally. And, again, that comes from 
having assuming you've been listening to us for a while, assuming you're in the zone with us, assuming you declared TFW at the start of this year, which you know means total effing war. In other words, you're not going to let anything stand in the way of your goals. So assuming you've been at a heightened state and you've been doing what you didn't want to do and you didn't want to do it at the highest level. Okay, I know that's a big – all those are lots of assumptions that maybe don't apply to most of you, but even if they only 50% apply to you. This time of year is when you're going to have to really double down and not allow your potential for this year to slip by because this is the easiest time of year to let the inner slacker basically start to shine through because what happens is you're going to have a lot of family and friends are going on vacation and kids are out of school and you have you know things pulling you this direction, that direction. You have a lot of um, the low-hanging fruit off the in the real estate market is out. It, the, those apples are off the tree by now because all the part-timers and all the new agents are back in the market. So you know, in the in the fall, in the winter, and even in early spring, it's easier actually to take listings for a lot of agents that you know that aren't proactively prospecting, especially than it is now because now you have more competition. So all of those types of added stresses and strains can cause you to sometimes doubt yourself. Now, some of you are way ahead of your goal. We have coaching clients that are just doing exceptionally, unbelievably well this year, and their problem is, is they're going to lose momentum, and they're just going to coast. They're just going to ride the wave they already created, and see what that creates is a problem heading into next year. As crazy as this is to think about, your 2020 has already really started, and what you do now actually is going to pay you then. Uh, now, if you're listening to this in replay, don't just think, oh, my gosh, Tim just dated the call, so somehow it's not relevant. But it is. You always have to be thinking months and months in advance. Normally, you know, we ask all of you to drill down in anticipation of the new year in October. But what I want you to do is drill down in anticipation of the new year now because I think we're going to be going into some headwinds politically, financially, uh, you know, as far as interest rates. Who knows all these different things I'm seeing that are kind of – who knows, right? All My crystal ball is as cloudy as the rest of yours. But what I do know is you need to not allow yourself to coast. So if you're having your best year ever, the thing to do now is keep yourself challenged. If you've already earned enough money for the rest of this year and your whole plan was basically going to be you know, doing nothing or just sort of you know, riding your wave, like I said earlier, for the rest of the year, understand that the future you is going to be pissed at the current you for not having done that. So you need to buckle down, and the best way to do that is set short-term goals, like 30-day goals. So in the next five, uh, like say maybe take five listings in the next 30 days. I've got a, a great coaching client who, <laughs> you know, this is the funny truth, two weeks ago we set the goal that he was supposed to take 30 listings, a listing a day. Actually, I interviewed him. We talked about this. Chuck Williamson, you guys should listen to it last week. So his goal was to take a listing a day for 30 days. Well, he and, and he basically, I think he had till June 20th, if I remember correctly. He already accomplished it. So clearly, he wanted the goal. He kicked the goal's ass. So now we're going to have to reset his goal. He, I should have asked him to take 50 listings in that 30-day period. He would have done it. He would have figured out how to do it. But if you know, maybe you're not like Chuck. Maybe you're not wired at that level. That's fine. Set a specific goal. So if you're having your best year ever, don't give up. Don't start slacking. Don't kick back because you will find it'll be an absolute nightmare trying to regain that momentum. And you're going to make what would have been a great run of years, two, three, four, five, ten year run where you were having fantastic, ever increasing levels of success and you know enjoyment of your life because of the momentum you're carrying right now. But when you slack off, you're going to break that and you're going to have to rebuild it again. Don't do that. It's dumb. Number two, the second group of you are the ones that are in the middle. And these are the ones that are like, 
you know, you're imagining yourself crossing this long bridge, right? And it's sort of one of these, you know, crazy wood bridges with a rope bridge, and you guys get the idea. You know, something from some sort of Indiana Jones movie kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you're halfway in between. You can't see where you got on the bridge. You can't see at the end of the bridge. But all you can see is this bridge. You know you have to keep walking, and you, you know, you're worried about it, – it just it feels stressful and because you can't see where you started. You can't see, so you just have to proceed with confidence. Maybe you got kicked in the head a few times. Maybe you had a few successes. You're on track with what your goals are. You're maybe a little bit behind where your goals are. It, it doesn't matter, okay? You just have to keep proceeding. Don't lose faith and confidence in yourself. What you're probably experiencing is the building of momentum, and you just don't know it. And the problem with building momentum is that you quit too soon, and you don't get the benefit of actually having – uh, you know, reap the benefits of the the work you put in. So even if you're at that point where you're going, holy crap, I just don't feel like I'm getting a payoff for all the effort I'm putting in, do not quit and or analyze the things you're doing and accept the fact that there's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. If you've been doing things that aren't working anymore, I'm talking about anything that involves paid lead generation, anything that involves trying to build some team or silliness like that, and if it's not working for you, if you're not increasing your net income, give yourself permission to stop doing it and refocus on what you know works. And if you don't know what works, I'm going to give you a solution here in a second. And the third group of you are new agents. New agents are – I have seen an enormous surge of new agents get into the business, um, and there, a lot of them are getting in as replacement for replacement income. Others are getting in it to enhance their incomes. doesn't matter. New agents, here's your – your directive, okay? Do not waste time. Get started immediately. Take action immediately. So no matter, no matter what group you're in, we've, I've created, Julie actually did most of it as normal, uh, a great plan. It's a fill-in-the-blank business plan. It's called the Real Estate Treasure Map. And all you guys have to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996, and we're going to not only give you a copy of the Real Estate Treasure Map, which is a fill-in-the-blank business plan, but you're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. And on that coaching call, they're going to help you create your 12-month lead generation plan. So the bottom line, guy, guys, is we're only halfway through the year. And as only being halfway through the year, you could still have this be your best year ever, which will lead to another fantastic year as long as you heed the suggestions we just gave to you. So take these things seriously. Grab the real estate treasure map that is your fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. And also um, make sure you schedule yourself for a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. Text the word Harris to 31996. Julie Harris, which point did we leave off on? Do you remember? I think that it's point number six. So I'll jump in. Um, and we can... no, do you remember, do you, are you sure, though? I mean, is that point number six? I, do you remember talking about point number yeah, point number six? Yeah, I think you're right. Yep, you're right. I do. I'm reading it again. Okay, yep. point number six. So here's okay. the point. If your goal is to be financially free, and honestly, I don't know anybody who has said their goal is, nah, I don't want to be financially free. I like the stress of not doing that. So assuming your goal is to be financially free, make decisions that are in alignment with that goal. And you had said we should have moved sooner. And I've had calls, you know, coaching calls with clients. Sometimes moving sooner is out of your own backyard within your town to something. You know, here's a perfect example. I get all the time on uh, Premier Coaching. They want to do a geographic farm, and they don't do any research about it. They just want to farm where they live. Or they want to farm, here's the other option. They choose the most high-end area in their town because why not? Transactions are all the same. Might as well 
make more money per transaction. And then I have them do the research, and it's not always the case that there's even enough turnover and or maybe there's turnover, but it takes so many days on the market that you maybe don't want to sign up for that uh, and or your price range and many different things. So maybe that means moving out of state, out of town, across town, different price range, condos to houses, houses to condos. But if the goal is to be financially free, make decisions based on that goal. And you can apply that to moving to you know, the decision of buy leads or generate them without spending that money. I mean, it applies to virtually everything, but I think these guys should have on their whiteboards, assuming that they listen to that podcast, on their whiteboards, it should say, am I making decisions today based on financial freedom or based on being uh, expedient or convenient? How many of my decisions go back to profitability? Because I think that's a really good test virtually on an hourly basis, how you're running your life. That's my take on it. You have your own opinion on the whole, you know, maybe make some different decisions that are based on being financially free. Well, I mean, really, at the end of the day, this is what we, it all goes back down to. If you ask yourself why you got into business for yourself, why you started your real estate practice, why did you, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you sacrificing like you are? Maybe your cursory answer is because you wanted to buy a couch or, you know, maybe you wanted to pay your house off or maybe you just wanted to start your own business. Maybe you wanted to, who knows, your motivations are all, you know, everyone's are pretty much the same. When asked, people struggle to come up with a real core reason why they got into real estate or started any business whatsoever. Well, the answer definitely is the word freedom or libertas, as we are fond of saying. And what that means, in essence, is freedom from having to worry about money, freedom where you're rich, where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. You know, And so you've got to ask yourself and make sure you're staying true to that as your North Star, the decisions you're making leading you closer to freedom or further away. Do you even know? You know, it, none of this stuff is complicated, right? None of this, none of this uh, making decisions about how to make money and be of service to other people does not, it does not require, um, you know, physics to understand, does not require you knowing how to do a Rubik's Cube. The more complicated your business becomes, as a rule, the more complicated it is with more steps and procedures and more, you know, ridiculous little ways of thinking in terms of, you know, delegation and all this other stuff, the more complicated it is, the further away you are from profit. You all should remember that because it's true. In a real estate practice, the more steps, procedures, more levels of complication, your drip campaigns is what I'm thinking about, other things like that, the further you're actually moving yourself away from profit because you just basically are you're overanalyzing and your ego wants to make so being profitable is harder than it actually is. Making money in real estate is stupid easy. Making profit in real estate, it's seemingly difficult for many people. And also, this is absolutely true. Selling real estate will not make you rich. It won't. It's the profit you get from selling real estate that will make you rich. If you have no profit, you're never going to be rich. And again, rich is where your money works for you. You no longer work for your money. All right, so point number seven, Julie. Yes, well, I, as you were talking about simplicity, I just wanted to – I think you have this in your office, actually, a quote from Einstein who said, everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. So apply that to real estate. And it is getting more and more complicated all the time, but we can fight that together. It doesn't have so, to, though. It doesn't have to get no, more complicated. No, it doesn't have to be. 
I know. Yes. I, I feel for these guys. You know, things we had like ten decisions to make in the beginning, and then it just got to be more and more. So, point number well, seven. We, Julie, and then, but Julie, we only had ten decisions to make because, let's be honest, we weren't tempted by easy button stuff. We were very willing to do the real work, and if you're willing to do the real work, you won't have a lot of decisions to make because you'll always have a strong North Star. You'll always know what the answer is, and the more people try to smell, sell options to you to make your life more complicated, the more you'll recoil about the idea of just doing anything other than what you know works. So, yeah, I mean, we have had we had just as many decisions as they did, but you and I were fortunate enough, and, you know, we're talking about our mistakes, but there's one that wasn't our mistake. We always stayed true to what our goal was, which is essentially being rich, where our money worked for us, we never, uh, you know, where we no longer had to work for our money. We strayed a few times, but nothing, nothing in a significant way. So point number seven. Point number seven, and again, we had a precursor that we try to stick to business mistakes, but in real estate, I don't care how hard you try to separate personal and business, they are intertwined. That is just a fact. So point number seven, if you want to have a family, start in your 20s or your very early 30s. Nothing is as amazing as kids. And we talk about Zoe now and then, but, uh, you know, I think had we gotten started earlier, we'd have several Zoes <laughs> uh, if we were younger. And some of you guys are waiting too long and are going to run into trouble and not have the option of having a family. And that makes me sad because I've, I've seen that amongst friends and family. And, you know, it, it's not easier if you wait. It's just not. So think about that. All right. Yep. That, so that, number that eight. would be, remember, no. the, the topic of the callers are, you know, personal and business regrets. I eight. definitely agree with Julian. Mm -hmm. Point number seven. Point, point number eight, spoil your centers of influence and past client list. Just spoil them. Um, I've never, Julie's never, we've never coached anybody whose um, core spoke wasn't their center of influence and past client uh, list. Now, I want to be very clear. By spoiling them, what I literally mean is spoiling them with attention, giving them information that's of value to them that makes their life better. You can mail them tchotchkes and whatnot, but frankly, most of them will lose respect for you. I mean, that's just the truth. Some of the crap you guys are mailing out are just – they're jokes. They're just absolute like, – like the kind of garbage that comes in a box of uh, – you know, Jack in the Box or whatever it is, that kid's candy thing. Do they even still have that, Julie, where there's a little prize? I, mean, I don't even know. Oh, no. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. It was, it was a Happy popcorn, meal. and there was a little – anyway. Oh, yeah, Happy Jack, meal prize. Uh, yeah. That, uh, what was yeah. it called? Jack, anyway. Jack's – Apple Jacks, no? Okay, I'll, I'll moving on. Five minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, the point is, is that the best, most effective thing you can do is call them and offer something of value. And the something of value can be an updated, like one of the quick scripts that we give folks to use is this simple idea. Hi, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. So listen, I've been getting a lot of calls and emails and questions from people that I know, love, and care about. And they're all sort of asking me the same question. What the heck is going on with real estate? What's going on with my home's value? And so you don't have to worry. I'm going to be calling you once uh, per month, and I'm going to give you a quick snapshot of what's going on with your home's value. It's completely painless, and uh, the snapshot will only take like maybe 30 seconds. So I've got your first report available for you now. And they're all going to say yes, and they're all going to say thank you. 
And then what I want you to do is I want you just to tell them, you know, give them a quick absorption thing. You know, give them a quick snapshot. Literally, go to the MLS, find out how many houses they're currently for sale in the MLS, find out how many houses sold last month, divide those two numbers. That's going to give you a number. That's going to give you an approximate month's supply. Now, that's not that's a very rudimentary way of doing absorption, but that is a quick snapshot. And then after you've given it to them, well, so Mr. Seller, there's 5,500 homes for sale overall in our MLS you know, overall and, you know, the whole, you know, geographic area. And uh, last month there were, you know, 2,000 houses that sold. So assuming new listings were come available, we have currently, a, you know, maybe a two or three month supply of homes for sale. Um, by the way, would you like me to do a more in-depth study of your home's value? And I can email it to you later. No problem whatsoever. And, you know, they'll say yes, no, maybe so. And then you proceed. Now, do I want you guys getting stuck in CMA quagmires? No. Use a software program like Cloud CMA or something like that just to pound out the CMA. But after you do the CMA, the, the uh, secret sauce here is to call them up and answer any questions. When you're doing the CMA for them uh, on that call, ask them, like, you know, just do the CMA and ask them, if, you know, don't be too pushy in anticipating them wanting to sell the house. Because if you jump to, um, yes, I'm going to do a CMA for you. Do you want to sell your house? Then they're going to back off, and then they're going to be suspicious of your motivation in the first place. So what you want to do is you want to do the CMA for them as you promised, and you want to email the CMA to them. And then you want to call them back up and just review it, see if they have any questions. And then just feel them out very casually from there. Like I said, if you hit them with both barrels, you're going to lose them, and they're going to not want to take your future calls. Now, here's the way you make all this work. At the end of every contact you have, not just with your centers of influence and past clients, with everyone, start asking the simple question, by the way, who do you know? Who's thinking about buying or selling real estate that I should be helping? You can do a version of that, whatever makes you comfortable, but you've got to ask that question. That is the most important question that you have to end every single uh, question with. Oh, and Julie just remembered it was Cracker Jacks. <laughs> I know you'd remember. I know, it hit me. <laughs> I don't think too. they make that can't anymore. I need them now, though. Yeah, they were. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, funny. can't eat them now. That's right. <laughs> Pull out your dental work. <laughs> totally. That's out. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to go on to point number nine? Do we have time? Yeah, we have time. I'll read it, and then you can vamp uh, on it, okay? Cool? Yep. All right. Sure. So here's, Speaking of Cracker Jack, here's point number nine. Yeah, <laughs> right. All right, so point number nine is don't get fat. And remember, this is Julie and I giving advice to the Tim and Julie of you know, 25 years ago. Don't get fat or fat-ish. So that is something that's incredibly important, and it's something that, frankly, a lot of you, like all of you, you know, should have known or should have heard when you're – you know, again, we're giving this advice to the – you know, all of you who are, you know, trying to maybe lessen the uh, length of that rickety old bridge you have to cross. And one of the key things is don't let yourself get fat. And if you are fat, if you, you know, discover that you have become fat, like, oh, it's a big surprise, right? Then you got to lose it. Do not allow yourself to get fat. Getting fat is, there's no, I know you might be in an area of the country where everyone is, you know, 20 to 30 pounds overweight, so it's just normal, but it's so bad for your health. It's so bad for your motivation. It's so bad for how you see yourself. It's so bad across the board. And here's the thing. Now, so full confession, remember, this is what Julie and I wish we would have done. This is a personal aspect. When Julie and I were selling real estate, we both uh, gained weight. I had I was uh, 25 pounds heavier than I am now, and Julie was I'm not 25 pounds. But how much did you weigh? You were probably you were probably 20 pounds. 20. I bet you were. Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah. It, and, it, and it just snuck up. It, it didn't sneak up on us, but listen to me. I'm even using the same words you guys do. But it was just like, oh, let's have a pizza on Friday. Let's have da, 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 and no exercise. Well, this is when we it, our- it, that's exactly how it happened. We we'd go on listing appointments one or two that evening, and you know maybe we had a snack on the way there that probably wasn't that good for us, and then it would be nine o'clock at night, and you know we'd be pretty shot, so we'd order a pizza, and that's you know you can only get so far for so long doing that. And a lot of you guys that are especially in your late 20s, early 30s, mid-30s, it will literally hit you one day that your metabolism changes, and you cannot get away with that anymore. Might be fine now, but it's coming for you. (laughs) It sounds like Miss Julia sharing a personal story. That did happen to you, too. You had had the metabolism of a rabbit. Yeah. Oh, totally. For the longest time until I was probably, I don't know, maybe early 30s is when I started to really notice a difference. And certainly now my metabolism is totally different. So, yeah, you can't ignore that. So a strong suggestion for all of you um, is the following, okay? Here it is. This is the basic, simplest way to get your body under control as much as you can. If you're fat, accept it, own it, and lose weight. The easiest way, and you can research all this on your own. And, Julie, I know you've got to go to Premiere. Um, yep. So thank you for the podcast today. And, uh, yeah. You know, have a great premiere call. So number one thing you should all consider doing is a low-carb diet. I know you guys want to argue with me. I know you want to have it bounce back in your head how you think you need carbs or how you want to have your bagel in the morning, and that's okay. You can continue to basically have that internal conversation and stay fat. I'm, again, business coach here, not a health coach. I'm just giving you the bottom line truth. Go low-carb. By low-carb, there's a lot of great books out there. There's a lot of people that have taken the original book written by Atkins, and they've sort of you know, done their own spin on it. So my suggestion is just go back to Atkins and read Atkins for Life. And he talks about all the science of it. And all, there's so much bullshit politics that are it's associated with food that it's almost insane. It's like people debating, you know, Democrats versus Republicans when it comes to what to eat. But here's what's known, and this is universally accepted, is your body does not need to consume anywhere near the amount of sugar that you're eating. And so you are addicted to sugar. I was addicted to sugar. Julie was as well. But sugar isn't in the sense of donuts. Sugar is anything with an O's in it, like lactose and all the other types of sugars and how your body will metabolize things into what in essence gets stored as fat. So the shortcut to trying to understand all this and becoming you know, some sort of physiology you know, expert and diet expert is just go low carb and research this on your own. Number two. I would strongly suggest all of you, men especially, you go have your blood work checked. Now, men, this is a special message for all of you. If you're 35 years or older, you probably have low testosterone. And um, I want you to go to your nearest testosterone clinic. It will cost you 50 bucks. Do not go to your GP because they will not be an expert at this particular thing. Go to a testosterone expert, uh, you know, a hormones expert, and have your testosterone checked. Have your blood checked, and they'll check you if your testosterone level, your free testosterone level, your estradiol's level. They'll check your, you know, all the other things they're supposed to check on a full blood panel. It's only 50 bucks. And then here's what you're going to discover. Remember I told you this. The normal testosterone levels are from 300 to I think it's 1,000. Um, and what you ideally want to be is in like the 800 range. Men, this is for you. And what you're going to discover is if, you're, if your testosterone level is on the lower end of the range, 
that might be one of the main reasons why you're losing muscle mass, why you get tired in the afternoon, why you're, uh, why you're getting fat, why you all kinds of other horrible things happen as a result of having low testosterone. So my strong suggestion to all of you, and men especially, is go have your testosterone checked. And then if it's on the low end of normal or if it's lower than normal, now I'm going to tell you guys uh, two stories. I had um, two coaching clients, and this is in the past six months, who are new to me. And I, both of them were men. And both of them, let me think about this before I tell you. One was 55, and the other was, if I remember correctly, 34, 35. Both of them had low testosterone. The one that was in his mid-30s, his testosterone level was around like 200. Okay, remember, the low end of the scale is 300. So his testosterone was so low that, I mean, it's, in essence, he had the testosterone level of like an 80-year-old man. He now has gotten on testosterone hormone replacement therapy through a doctor, and the whole thing is medically and FDA approved and the whole thing. But his, the changes that he's going to feel in his life and his body, his motivation, his clarity of thinking over the next 60 to 90 days, he's going to feel like he's discovered the fountain of youth. Now, unfortunately, there are no parallels for something like this for women. You know, women are uh, your your hormonal levels are much more challenging. As you know, there's different life changes. But research all this yourself on the woman's side of things as well. So we're talking about getting your body in check. Check. Don't get fat. We talked about low carb. We talked about men having your testosterone level checked. And the next thing that all of you must do is definitely do something like Orange Theory. Don't work out by yourself. The problem with working out by yourself is you're never going to uh, challenge yourself, but there's another side street benefit to going to something like Orange Theory. You're going to be with a group of people, and you're going to become friends with all those people. Now, uh, what I'll suggest you do is actually start going to um, a Orange Theory four or five days of the week and go on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at the same time, that way you get to know all those people on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then Tuesday and Thursday, go at a different time so you get to know those people. And then you've just expanded your center of influence and past client list by 20 or 30 people. It's really that simple, guys. Seriously consider uh, going to Orange Theory. So if you just did those three things, and the second one is specifically for men, but low-carb Orange Theory, not only are you going to start feeling better, looking better, feeling younger, feeling all those things that you want to feel, all those, you know, you're going to look in the mirror and you're not going to look away. You're going to like how you look. Then what's going to happen is you're going to feel much more confident with doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Do not do these things one at a time. Do them simultaneously. Do the low carb. And if you're a man, go have your blood checked. Go to Orange Theory. Do all these things simultaneously and declare TFW on yourself for the next six months. That's my suggestion to all of you. Again, I'm, I'm, we're not going to drill down too much talking about the low carb or talking about the hormones and talking about all that because I don't want to try to become an expert at it and because there's so many more people that know so much more about it, you know, like doctors and whatnot. So go do your own homework on this and then some of you, you'll find this to be the um, breadcrumb you've been searching for. Now, don't eat that breadcrumb because bread is definitely not low carb. <laughs> Okay, so you guys have a fantastic day. If you need us for anything, you guys can always text me. It's 512-758-0206 or email us, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>